Welcome back to Cover 4, Katie. I'm Zach Barker. Tanner Ebright. And I'm Brandon Ebright. All right, we're back for episode five. The first half, we're going to talk about the Nike uh, Combine, the opening that was hosted at Legacy Stadium. The second half, we're going to talk about playoff basketball and some baseball updates. In our overtime period, we're going to have the new Cinco Rants defensive coordinator, Shannon Carter, join us for an interview. Let's get started with the first half. Uh, we're going to talk about the Nike opening camp. All right, so the Nike opening camp is a combine. features some of the top recruits in the regions. So the Nike hosts regional combines. There's eight total. They chose Legacy Stadium to be the Houston regional combine. Some other markets for these combines include um, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Atlanta, and Dallas. Um, so what it is is Nike proposes some recruits uh, to be invited. They basically come out, do some skill-specific drills for athletes to partake in and um, things like that. So you get to see these kids up close and personal, see what they're made of, things like that. At the national level, they'll take some of the top recruits from these eight regional combines. They'll invite the top 126 skill position recruits to take part in a national level combine in Beaverton, Oregon. Um, they also take the top 40 linemen from these regional combines in hopes that they become the final five. Basically, Nike puts together a starting offensive line of the top national recruits. And then, of course, you have your Elite 11, which is also a part of the opening. They take the Elite 11 quarterbacks from out the entire country, and they partake in a combine-type scenario with coaches from all over the country. Trent Dilfer, former Baltimore Ravens quarterback, is a coach for them. So we stopped by Legacy Stadium this morning to take a look at some of the KDISD guys that were invited to this combine. Um, Taylor... Um, hosted the most recruits, so Hayden Connor, uh, freshman tackle for Katie Taylor, Bryce Foster mm -hmm. from Katie Taylor, another offensive lineman, Andrew Coker was also a part of the regional combine for Taylor, two more linebackers for Taylor, Cole Sorkness and Josh Ferguson were also a part of the, the invitation today. Uh, let's talk about some of these offensive linemen first up. Hayden Connor had a heck of a day. He's only a freshman coming in. The first guy I wanted to talk about was Hayden Connor. He had an outstanding day this morning at the Nike Regional Combine. He went up against one-on-one -on -one against a defensive end from IMG Academy, uh, which is a school basically that is completely focused on athletics and football recruiting and things like that. Yeah. I guess they have some other sports. But. I'm sure I'm sure some of our listeners are familiar with them. They, they recruit kids from all over the, the country, really. I mean, guys, guys would go to play there like so they can solely focus on football or whatever their sport may be. Uh, and prepare them. It's a it's a next level preparatory school. Essentially, you go there. It's a bunch of recruits. They go there to play together, and they're supposed to be this all star team. So they essentially recruit the top athletes that already have offers. Yeah. They're just prepping for the college level, whether it's football or basketball. They're you know prepping for college because you have to go to college first. And, even and baseball, they prep for trying to get <laughs> pro as quick as they can, mm -hmm. essentially. And they so they're prepping you for college and and pro level. So and so Hayden Connor went one on one with a defensive end from IMG and had his way with him. <laughs> There's a video on our Facebook and Twitter that y'all can go check out of, I mean, he just slung this kid to the ground. And uh, that's pretty cool to see, you know, Hayden's only a freshman. And uh, I think this kid was a, either a sophomore or a junior. He was definitely older, but um, had his way with him and obviously put a pretty good impression for the coaches out there. Bryce, Fast, Bryce Foster, another offensive lineman out of Taylor, had a heck of a day. Uh, also, you know, he showed good footwork, good hands. That's what a lot of these coaches are preaching out there was good hand placement. He had a really good day. Andrew Coker was really impressive. Um, you know, he's a bigger kid. I expected him to be a lot slower than he actually was. He was working out of the right tackle position. He did a heck of a job. 
Uh, I think the only guy that got by him was Made Creek's um, Marcus Stripling. And, you know, that guy's he's just got a different caliber type speed. But Coker also had a really good day. Uh, some of these other offensive linemen that were invited, Cole Birmingham out of Katy um, and Rex Martin out of Tompkins. Uh, Cole Birmingham, I only got to see one rep from him today, uh, but he was a stone wall. No one got around him, nothing like that. He pretty much locked the locked the defensive tackle up at the line of scrimmage. Um, Rex Martin, one note for him, he had really good hand placement today. No one was able to really get around him either, but uh, what really stood out wasn't so much his footwork, but his hand placement on where he wanted those guys to go. All right, and then moving over to the defensive line, we had Marcus Stripling. Also had a really, really great day today. Uh, a lot of those Nike coaches were keeping their eye on him, making sure that he had the best technique. Ran by a couple guys. Got blocked a few times, but those were more so out of the defensive tackle position, which I think he's more of a defensive end. He's he's long. He's very fast. Uh, really could probably even play outside linebacker. But they had him work at defensive tackle a little bit today. He did fine. Um, I think it was something a little bit different for him. Sticking with the defensive line, we had Brandon Brown out of Morton Ranch. He was working out of the three technique today. Solid, stouted guy. He wasn't, you know, he's not the tallest guy, but God, he's he's really strong. Uh, great hand placement with him as well. Wasn't really moving around people, but he was definitely able to get some penetration on the drills that he, on the reps that he got today. Um, so that was good stuff to see out of him. All right, and then moving over to the quarterbacks. So I only got to watch the offensive and defensive line drills today. So I got to look at the invitations. So for quarterbacks out of KDISD, Nick Mayberry received an invite. Nick Mayberry, the quarterback out of Tompkins, um, didn't get to see him today, but uh, received an invite. We're going to keep an eye on him going into next year. He was the only quarterback out of KDISD to receive an invite. Um, so definitely a player to watch. Go going on to the defensive backs, Brian Lampton out of Maid Creek received an invite. Dorian Maynard out of Morton Ranch received an invite. Uh, keep an eye on those guys next year. Uh, moving on to the linebackers, David Gabenda out of Cinco Ranch. Uh, was I know for a fact received a lot of attention. I don't know if it was his 40 time or what it was, but there were definitely some coaches talking to him before the drills even started. Yeah, you said he was moving. Yeah, I, I did get to watch him run his his 40. I legitimately thought it was a like a Division One receiver that just came by to visit. He He looked incredible on his 40. Um, so the kid can move. We're going to keep an eye on him next year. Cole Sorkness out of Taylor and Josh Ferguson also out of Taylor were the other two linebackers out of KDISD that received invites. And then a running back out of Maid Creek, Desmond Murphy. I think he was only a freshman last year. He's going into his sophomore year. Going to be interesting to watch him next year uh, step into that running back position, maybe as a slot. I'm not really sure. And then David Aguaybu out of Seven Lakes was listed as a tight end today. Previously, he's played defensive back receiver. From what we've heard from A&M sources, they're looking at him as a possible defensive end recruit. So that's, that's interesting mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, yeah, so like I said, they had him listed as a tight end today. Um, he's played receiver. Um, I wish I would have gotten us to watch him a little bit, uh, see how see how well he blocked, really. I think that's the biggest transition from receiver to tight end is you're not blocking a 5-7 corner. You're blocking a bigger defensive end. Granted, uh, it does depend on the program that you go to. I mean, a lot of these tight ends, like dudes like Evan Ingram, right. don't spend a whole lot of time down there. You can put him out in the slot and just use him as a, as a weapon, crack block, and come take out an end or an outside backer or something. But even with that, I think David, you know, he's got a longer stride, more of a, I think, receiver-type stride. Mm -hmm. um, so even at the slot, like, I, I would have liked to see him, you know, if he's able to run those quicker routes exactly, get, get open in space or in a limited amount of space. Would have been good to see. Um, but yeah, they invited him as a tight end. Would have been great to see. But um, but again, congrats to all these guys that were invited. Uh, kind of gives us a template on players to watch going into next year. Uh, some of these guys are only freshmen, like Desmond. 
Desmond Murphy out of Maid Creek was only a freshman. His highlight tapes are from his freshman season on the freshman team, and he still received an invite to this Nike Combine. So obviously at the varsity level, I'm assuming he'll be there next year. A lot of good stuff from these younger guys, especially too, to receive this kind of caliber invite. There's only eight a year or eight regional combines a year. So it's really good stuff. This is the list of guys that we're going to keep an eye on. And then obviously as, as other people come up, we'll add to this list. For those that don't know, we're saying it's a really big deal. I mean, this is one of the biggest, if not the number one camp in the nation. It's sponsored by Nike, who's the biggest sports brand in the nation. And it's invite only. You can't just register whenever you want. And there could have been a couple more KDSD guys that maybe received an invite, but just decided not to come. Right. Which is a, a very big possibility with the caliber of guys we have and the amount of offers that are coming into the district. But if you receive an invite and you attend one of these camps, I mean, you're on the radar now. Yeah. You know, there's colleges looking at you, media's looking at you. You know, everybody sees you at this camp. So you want to go, you want to perform, and it's just a huge deal in the recruiting process to be able to attend one of these camps. Most definitely, and that speaks volumes, like we've talked about before, about just the depth of talent that we do have in this district. I mean, like you said, it's guys that are just freshmen that haven't yep. even gotten a chance to shine at the varsity level yet that are already drawing enough eyes to get an invite to such a prestigious camp, and it's a big deal. So definitely keep an eye out on a lot of the young talent that we have coming through. Uh, so just to supplement some of the older guys that we already know about that are getting these offers. So, again, congrats to all those guys on the invite. Uh, way to go out and compete and represent the district. That's going to do it for our first half, so we're going to take it into halftime. We'll be back in the second half with playoff basketball res results and upcoming games for this week and some baseball results from the first week of tournaments and games. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the second half. We're going to start with the playoff basketball scores. We'll go ahead and start off with Tompkins. They had a big second-round win, 53-51 over Size Springs. They're facing Fort Bend Bush at Seven Lakes High School. Uh, Monday at 7 p.m. Yeah, so, so Fort Bend Bush, pretty sure they went un undefeated in district yep. this season. They took down Seven Lakes earlier in the playoffs, I think first round. Yep, I, it's it, that's a big win for Tompkins. Uh, Cy Springs has a lot of talent. There's That's a traditionally good basketball program at Cy Springs over there. Um, a lot of talent. They're long. They're fast. Um, obviously a huge win for Tompkins as, they, as they're moving forward. So moving on, Morton Ranch fell just short in the second round to Sam Houston, 78-71. LJ Cryer did finish with 35 points on the night. They, uh, Morton finished the season with a 24 and 10 record, and uh, as the by district champs. So, you know, obviously a tough loss, but you know, not not a bad run, especially given like how we we talked about. They were just not that deep, and not in the sense yeah. of, of talent, but they just didn't have a lot of guys. They, they only had eight guys in the game. We we actually got to see them play. So when you make a deep run like that, and you're trying to make a push in the playoffs, that's gonna make a difference. You've played a whole season. Everyone's got wear and tear. And if you're playing a team that has a that has a deeper roster with 10, 11 guys, they could be more fresh and, and down the stretch they can pull away and, and get a a, you know, a seven point win like that against a against a team like Morton. Yeah, Especially, I'd be I'd be interested to see you know the points off the bench compared between the two teams. Yeah, we'll yeah. If Sam Houston had you know if they had a bigger roster of guys, they were probably able, like you said, to bring in some fresh guys down the stretch get those crucial points. I mean, if your star point guard is 35 points and you can't pull off the win, I mean, it just has to come down to fatigue yeah. down the stretch and the other guys just not being able to contribute yeah. and the, as much the, as they could. The style of play that Morton Ranch plays, it's it's a constant fast break for them. You, they want to use their speed to beat you. Um, and obviously when you get down to the later quarters of that game, like, like Brandon said, it's going to have that wear and tear on your body. Um, obviously just couldn't hold off Sam Houston. The good news is you you still have a guy like LJ that's going to be returning. He's only going to be a junior next year. 
and you're able to just build around him. Yeah. You know, and that's that's just two years of building around a guy like that, helping helping build the program, maybe bring in a couple more guys that, you know, would probably go football only, but now that you're being successful and you've made it in the playoffs after a five year drought, yeah. uh, you know, after you'll you'll bring in some more basketball recruits that are gonna wanna play. Absolutely, and I, I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, after making a run like that with only a few guys coming off the bench, and you got two more years to play with a guy like LJ. I mean, I think they'll definitely be able to pull some guys in and, and like you said, build that program up a little bit, and you get two more years out of them, man. It should be fun to watch and see what they can do. Yeah. Even if they're not the most technically sound basketball players, it's just good to have you know maybe a couple of big bodies that can play defense, keep the scores a little lower, so that when you do have a 35-point night, you know, he's able to help your team pull away rather than keep it close. Yeah, yeah. And then down the stretch, when you're able to rotate a couple of these guys in, you know, step up, make a big play, and that could be the difference maker, just having the extra guys coming off the bench. And with LJ, too, he's still so young. He he can grow. He can still grow, which is scary because now he can become more of an asset defensively that he might not – I mean, obviously he's a great defender, but if he's if he grows and he becomes longer, that's even more – you know, that's, a, that's scary for other teams to come in and face – um, LJ is only 16. Yeah. You see guys from the NBA all the time that are well over 21 years old, and they grow six inches when they get to the NBA. It's crazy. Yeah, by no means is he a finished product. Oh, absolutely so. not. And just one last thing on Tompkins before we move on to baseball. If they're able to pull off this win against a tough team like Bush, yeah, they have a legit chance at, at going to state. Absolutely. And, and that's a huge, huge confidence booster. They probably already have plenty of confidence going into this game, but – if you can pull off a win over Bush, I mean that's that's a booster that gives you that that little bit extra that you need to make it to state possibly win for and, sure. And even even for next year, if Tompkins does pull off the, the win against a team like that, for next year, not only does that boost Tompkins, but I think that that enhances the rest of the district because you've had teams in the in the district who've been able to compete with Tompkins and beat Tompkins on a couple of occasions. So if you see a team like Tompkins go on and beat Fort Bend Bush and make a deep run, a possible state run. I mean, why can't it be us? You know, that should be the mindset right. of other teams in the district. I think that that's huge for, for 196A. Yeah. So. The biggest the biggest matchup issue I think Tompkins is going to struggle with is they're just smaller than Fort Bend Bush. They're just as talented, but they don't quite have this, the height and the length to match up. But obviously, you know, in, in a big-time basketball game, that could easily flip. You know, if Tompkins is hitting shots and Fort Bend Bush isn't, <laughs> Tompkins could possibly even run away with it if that's the case. So... This is the type of game you live for, though. Oh, for sure. If you're a high school athlete and you're on a team that could potentially win state and has the talent, you live for the big games like this. And I think Jamal, you know, being the OU commit, being the big-time star athlete of the team, expect him to have a big game. So moving on from from basketball, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the baseball tournaments that have happened in the past week. Uh, Just a note, 5A and 6A baseball combined broke the, the former record for the number of home runs in the first week of the season. The record was set in 2009, a total of 83 combined home runs. This week in baseball, 97 home runs hit between 5A and 6A combined. That is phenomenal. Uh, just, a, just a side note, in the KDSD tournament, KD went 5-1. and one. They're now 6-1 and one overall. They beat the number one team in the state, San Antonio Reagan, 4-2. and had big wins over Lamar and Ridgepoint as well. Uh, in that San Antonio Reagan game, they threw their ace, uh, UT commit, on the mound. Katie threw Coy Cobb, another UT commit. So it was Texas versus Texas on the mound, it was, and they both threw complete games. It was it was a heck of a game. It was an, it was a great matchup. It was fun to get to sit and, and watch that in person. Katie pulled it out for four two. A couple big plays here and there. Coy knocked in his own their first run to tie it up uh, with a nice shot to right center and. On the mound, if you can go up and knock in your own run support, 
that gives yeah. you that gives you a little something extra to go out there on the mound and, and do it. You feel like you're doing it yourself. And after that, they have some great plays in the field from Hayden Niebrod at shortstop, Bryce Coveney at third base, making some good plays. Guys stepped up in the field and really gave Coy the support he needed on the mound. And they just got it done just enough at, at the play. I think they had seven or eight hits on the day and edged, just edged them out. Got a couple RBIs late. So it was it was a heck of a matchup. Some other notable pitchers. Uh, Nate Phillips had a big win over Lamar. Uh, Alec Atkinson, sophomore for Katie, got his first varsity start on the mound. Uh, he was a driving force for Katie at the plate against Antonio Reagan as well and was just consistent throughout the weekend. Hayden Ebright had a couple triples, a double. Three-run home run against Channel View and some great plays in the field. Matthew Kasamus contributed with some big-time RBIs in this tournament, helped boost Katie's offense throughout the weekend. And then one last shout-out for Katie. Coach Mack is 18 wins away from 800. Wow. 800 is – that's a big milestone yeah, for a quite a feat, yeah. Seven Lakes uh, also did pretty well. <laughs> so Seven Lakes went 2-3 and three on the weekend, but their biggest win was San Antonio Reagan. They beat them 11-2. to two. They threw their ace, and he was just dominant on the mound. Alejandro Garcia. Alex Smith, Ethan Boehm, Sebastian Coria all had home runs on the weekend. They, they did only finish 2-3, and three, but like you said, to come out on top of a team like San Antonio Reagan, two teams from 1960A, both, both be the number one ranked team in, <laughs> in the state. I mean, that's that's notable, to say the least. For sure. So Yeah, so we had Seven Lakes uh, you know, being down this year. We've heard that they weren't going to have the pitching, and they weren't going to have the bats that they've had in years past, but... To get a win over the number one team and you know go two and three on the weekend, the bats were awake, and majority of their games, a couple home runs. You know that's going to boost them going into district and throughout these next couple tournaments. So we're going to keep an eye on them the next two weekends, and you know we'll see we'll see how they do coming into the regular season through district. Yeah, it's it's still early in the season. Obviously, like Brandon said, two KDISD teams taking down the number one team in the state. Awesome stuff. Taylor had a big ten to nine win over Dulles with a walk off single by Hudson Pullen. They went 4-2 and two on the weekend with big wins over Fort Bend Austin, Fort Bend Travis, and uh, Cy Springs as well. So shout-out to Taylor. It's a pretty good weekend. They did take a, a tough loss. They, they lost, their, uh, lost their shortstop. Broken ankle, right? Yeah, Broken ankle. preseason oh. they lost their shortstop, who's supposed to be one of the number one guys on the team. So that's a big loss. But to come back, you know, dealing with that adversity, four big wins in Absolutely. the KDSD mm-hmm. tournament. It's good to see that they're bouncing back from that, dealing with that injury, and it's next man up. And hopefully they'll, you know, they can hold their own until he gets back. Absolutely. I mean, Fort Bend Travis is traditionally pretty. Deep. I mean, last year they were a heck of a team. They knocked Katie out in the third round of the playoffs. So it was a tight series, but they were, they were very good. I know they lost some guys, but regardless, that's a good team to to take down. So, shout out to Taylor. Moving on to Tompkins, we got Harrison Stover. Uh, he's stepping up as uh, Tompkins' number one pitcher with the injury of Carson Rollins. Stoverin pitched five and two-thirds innings against Fort Bend Austin. They did go three and three on the weekend, beating Cy Ridge, Dulles, and also Fort Bend Travis. A couple KDSD teams that were able to take down Fort Bend Travis and, and uh, ruin their weekend. So moving on to Cinco Ranch. Cinco Ranch went two and four on the weekend. Zach Brown had a big uh, big performance at home run and a stellar play behind the plate that helped them get two big wins over Cy Ridge and Fort Bend Austin. You know, obviously some, some things to look for out of Cinco. So Zach Brown, a big name to you know keep an eye on as as the season progresses. Morton Ranch beat Dulles and Cy Springs, finished two and four on the weekend. The biggest hit of the tournament for Morton was Casey Lopez's grand slam. Casey Lopez with a big play. It'd be a name to keep an eye out for uh, for Morton Ranch. A lot of notable performances around the district. Some big wins over some big name teams. All in all, I'd say it was a pretty successful weekend for 196A in baseball. Yeah, they yeah. get to kind of match up with each other a little bit. Um, see where they're see where they're at heading into the the 
district play, things like that. Uh, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, so, you know, we mentioned two KJSD teams taking down the number one team in the yep. state, San Antonio Reagan. You know, they have three or four D1 pitchers. They had a D1 player at all eight position Every players. Every position on the field. Wow. So, two big wins over that team. That's a pretty big deal. I don't care who they threw on the mound. Yeah. Every KDSD team is showing some promise out there on the field. You know, they were dealing with weather. There's some bad fog early in the weekend. There was rain all weekend long. They were having to deal with all that, and they were able to come out with a couple wins. Big performances on the on the mound from multiple schools. You know, big performances at the plate. A lot of big hits, a lot of big plays, and some big-time moments, especially early on. So uh, a lot of good things and a lot of positive things to keep an eye on for, for every program across the district. So stay tuned in for, for baseball updates. And in the tournament setting, you get to see a lot of young guys play. So guys are able to pitch some freshman guys, some JV guys that they can move up for a game or so. A lot of younger guys get the varsity experience that they need going into the regular season or for district. And so it's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on them throughout the next two weekends, the next two big tournaments that are going to come up. Uh, I know Katie's playing in the Klein tournament. I'm not sure how many Katie teams are in that. But then there's the Katie Morton tournament that I believe a couple teams are in. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. We'll be trying to report on those tournaments. And then I think three weeks from now is when district starts. So just off this tournament alone, I didn't get to go out to the KDIC tournament this tournament this past week. I want to do this really quick. Tanner, Brandon, let's let's kind of get y'all's predictions on. Let's get y'all's top four teams on who y'all think is going to make the playoffs this year. Now that we've had some results. Now that you've had some results. Well, who you know, taking, in, taking in results and taking in a couple of injuries they have right now, You know, I still think Katie's going to be the number one team. I think they just have – the most arms, the most bats, the most returners with varsity experience. Uh, Seven Lakes, you know they they beat the number one team. I mean that's you got to put them at two, right? Gonna, I don't. I'm not sure if I put them at two just because of the amount of arms okay. they have, but I'll you know I'll at least have them in the playoffs. Uh, Tompkins, I had them at number two, ranked high, but you know they lost one of their main pitchers, and yep. that's been taken. That seemed to be taking a toll on them. But I still think that down the stretch they'll be able to pull off a playoff run, so I'm gonna have them in there. And then you know Taylor four and two they looked a lot better than I thought they would. They showed some they showed some fight in their win over Dulles with the walk off single late, and they held in there. So I'm gonna go ahead and just put them at four at the moment. Uh, Cinco being probably the first team out as of right now, and then followed by Morton and Maid Creek. What about you, Brandon? I can't disagree with that list. I, I do think that I, I still got Katie at one. So I still I still have Katie at one. I think. Seven Lakes, you have to give a lot more credit to now after pulling off that win against San Antonio Reagan, and it wasn't just a win; it was a it was a stomp, and it was eleven to two. Yeah. So obviously they got some bats, and granted, in a baseball game, it's easy for things to kind of snowball. But if you can snowball things against a team like that, that's just, that says something. For sure. So, I think I got Katie. I still might have to put Tompkins at two. I know they had a rough weekend uh, by their standards, but I think I still have Tompkins at two. I might put. Seven Lakes at three now after that big win. Taylor at four and Cinco probably the first team. Okay, so the same list. Uh, obviously, Cinco Ranch with that being the first team out for both of y'all. Um, I guess going down the stretch, the teams to watch for that last playoff spot are going to be Taylor, Cinco Ranch, possibly Seven Lakes as well, um, depending on how the district plays out. Um, those are the three teams that are looking to get those last two spots. Yeah. And based off of last year, you know, Morton upset Tompkins twice. And, you know, the bats seemed to be awake for him a little bit. They had some good hits. And so, they're, you know, they could pull off an upset. They could yeah. sneak into the four spot. It's, yeah. And it's baseball. You know, anybody any, can beat any anyone day. any day. And Morton Ranch, this goes for every sport. Morton Ranch is always the scrappy team anyway. I mean, look at our basketball, their basketball team this year. Morton Ranch scraps, man. And, like, it's just, it's just the mentality of the school, I think. Like, a lot of people count them out. And, like you said, they could easily, you know, pull off some upsets into just – into district play and 
pull out some wins, maybe even possibly make a playoff run. That'll be fun stuff to watch. Yeah, so moving on from baseball, um, this past weekend they had the wrestling state championships. Um, you know, the KD teams weren't able to keep their win streak going as a team. Uh, but big shout-out to Daniel Manderbog uh, from KD. He's won the 145-pound state championship. And that's a huge deal. Wow. Following tradition of KD wrestlers that have been able to make it there. And his brother's going to be coming up too, you know, possibly following his footsteps in the next couple of years. Yeah, big shout-out to Daniel, man. Congratulations. And then Coach Lowe, the wrestling coach for KD, won the, the wrestling coach of the year. So big shout-out to Coach Lowe as well. It was a very successful year for their wrestling program, boys and girls. But, um, you know, KD definitely carried on the tradition of excellence, not only in football but in the wrestling program as well. So congratulations. Awesome guys. stuff. Yeah. And just an update on 707. Uh, this Sunday at Morton Ranch, the location is tentative. It could change at any moment. But there's going to be a 707 scrimmage between Team Texas Elite and Air Assault. Uh, there's going to be multiple KDSD athletes out there, all age groups, varsity, freshmen, JV. Uh, it, it's going to be real competitive, so if you have time, come out Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll post a time, and we'll post a, a for-sure location to let you know where it's at. Should be free, shouldn't have to pay, but um, it's going to be a real, real competitive event, so go ahead and come out and watch some guys. There's also a big tournament in Atlanta this weekend hosted by Pylon that will feature the top teams of Team Texas Elite, Fast Houston, uh, I believe KB3, King Academy, Air Assault. There's going to be multiple top teams out there with plenty of KDISD athletes. So we'll update you on how they performed, all their stats, you know, touchdowns, just overall performance of the weekend. So with y'all team being coaches, let's talk about this a little bit. What are y'all's expectations going into these tournaments for y'all seven-on-seven teams? Well, I mean, we expect to win. You know, that's plain and simple. You want you want them to win. But at the same time, you want these kids to to learn, to get better, you want them to be able to gauge their talents against national, national uh, competition. You know, there's D1 recruits from all over the country that come to these tournaments. There's hundred plus teams at least at all these big pylon tournaments. There's scouts. There's college coaches. There's you know NFL scouts that are out there watching guys that wow. are big time, and you just want them to be able to take in the moment and to to learn and grow from it. Yeah, obviously it's a competitive setting, so as a coach and as a competitor, first and foremost, I want to get the dub. But especially since we primarily work with the younger kids, with freshmen and, and some eighth graders that come up to play with us, mm -hmm. it's about, like you said, it's about the kids learning. learning. Not only learning the game and the X's and O's, but learning how to handle adversity, learning how to handle playing against top talent, learning how to handle getting beat sometimes, and how to play on a stage where there's a lot of eyes on you. Because a lot of these kids haven't had that yet. They've played junior yeah. high ball or they've played some like freshman ball or JV or whatever it is. So it's about learning how to handle being on the stage. Right. And so it's it's a great opportunity for these kids. It should be a lot of fun. And ultimately, that's what it needs to be, too. At the end of the day, it's, it's a game, man. Right. It needs to be fun for these kids, and they need to, they need to understand that. Yeah. So it's just about getting, the, getting their heads right and getting them where they need to be so that they can go on and excel at the varsity level and then beyond that. And this is our first year, so we haven't actually attended a tournament as coaches yet. But you know what we've heard from the other guys is is the experience is just almost overwhelming for some kids. There's some kids that go to these tournaments that have never traveled out of the state before, and so being able to go to Atlanta or Vegas or New Orleans, you know, some of the places we're going to be going, and then you get there and there's just hundreds of teams. There's so many scouts, and it's just an experience that they've never had. Right. And it's just it's incredible for, to to be able to 
have this opportunity and to be able to coach these kids through it and just it's a life experience it's, it's a growing moment for mm-hmm. a lot of these kids I think that's something we took for granted. We played a lot of travel baseball growing up. Yeah. So, we, I mean, we went all over the place. We went to Colorado, Mississippi, Florida, uh, Nebraska, New York. And we went all over the place playing baseball. And you get to play with kids from across the country, some kids from Canada. And you get to play, you know, kids from all over the place. And like you said, there's, we played in the tournament where, me personally, there's like 98 teams in this tournament. And you're all bunked up on, on site in Cooperstown, New York. And so you're getting the whole experience of just meeting kids from all over the place and, and interacting and, and just all of this hype and this attention and, and competition, man. And it's it's great. And I think that not necessarily that I took it for granted, but it's it's easy to forget that a lot of kids don't get to do things like that. And so to be able to go into a setting and meet these other kids and, and it's not I mean, obviously it's competitive, but you you know, it, it's somewhat friendly, or it should be. And yeah. I think it's a great experience for these guys, man. Like you said, it's it's definitely something that allows them to grow, I think, mentally and somewhat emotionally. Yeah, so. and I, that's, a, that's a really interesting platform to be able to be exposed at that young of an age. So, like, they get this experience now, and then, you know, a couple of years down the road, they receive the Nike opening invite. Mm-hmm. They've already kind of had this exposure a little bit before. They're a lot more prepared going into a, a combine like the opening that we, that we had here in Katy this weekend. And for any future camps that you may go to for your recruiting, you know, your own recruiting purposes, I mean, if you want to go, that's a great place. That if you go to a Nike camp and you're, you're in a one-on-one setting and you're doing all these drills in front of coaches and you're doing those kind of things, and it, you know, it sets you up for any kind of recruiting camp that you're going to go and do that these colleges host on, on their campuses or when they come to the Houston area and host camps, which they do, and you go and do these things, you don't feel like – out of place, mm-hmm. you know, you, you feel comfortable. And the more comfortable you are in the moment, the more comfortable you are in the field and, and, and during the play, the more relaxed and the, and the more, the better you'll perform. That's gonna do it for our second half. We'll be right back with our overtime period. We'll be joined by Coach Shannon Carter, the new defensive coordinator for Cinco Ranch High School. Welcome to the overtime period at Cover 4 Katie. We're joined here today by the new defensive coordinator, Shannon Carter at Cinco Ranch High School. How you guys doing, fellas? Doing well, Coach. So uh, first off, congratulations and, and welcome to Katie ISD, first and foremost. So, uh, absolutely. So I just want to ask you a little bit about your, your career path that led you here. You had kind of a kind of an unorthodox you know path in your own athletic career. So I know you got drafted in, I believe, the fourth round straight out of high school. Yeah, yes, sir. And then you went to play for Tulsa. I just want to know like what that transition and that experience was like to go from, from playing professional sports to then being a collegiate athlete afterwards and being, a, being kind of an old freshman. Now I'm coaching high school kids, so it's been a pretty cool ride. 
I started off in Oklahoma for three years, and then I, I crossed the border. Uh, was at State Town Sterling, and then I made my way to Dawson, and, and now I'm here at Springfield Ranch High School. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you next was what exactly your role was. I knew you you hopped on the coaching staff. Uh, it's unfortunate that it took an injury, you know, but I know that's part of the game. That does happen. Right. But uh, so what exactly influenced you to leave a possibility in uh, in college coaching and pursue high school coaching instead? Well, for me, it was because I, actually my life was backwards. So I was, I was older. Uh, I, I was 26 when I got injured and had to hang up the, the cleats. And I had two years left. And so I graduated at age 28. And for me, I just... Uh, I always wanted to coach high school football because it's just still pure. And, you know, coming from professional baseball and Division one football, I just always felt that the only reason I made it to that point was because of the coaches and the people I had at my high school level and junior high level that pushed me and influenced me to become that. So that's always been where I've always wanted to set my roots at as a coach um, and to help, you know, push kids and, and help them get to achieve their dreams. And so that, that's always been something. That was five. I said I wanted to be a high school football coach, so I'm just living out what I've always wanted to do. That's awesome. I can I can definitely appreciate that. So in your time at Dawson, uh, you faced top level talent. I mean, you faced you know George Ranch and Friendswood and the Aleve schools and um, and a, no and obviously a variety of offenses as well. So how do you feel that's prepared you mm-hmm. coming into a district as unique as 196A? I mean, you're going to face you know, Seven Lakes and Taylor, schools like that that are going to spread you out. You're going to face May Creek, who might come out and run triple option, or you never know what they're going to right. do from year to year. And then Katie, who's just a powerhouse, right. you know, straight downhill no pro. You know, so how do no you feel doubt. that's prepared you to come into a district like this? I think it's, it's prepared me. Like, the greatest gift I've ever had was getting injured, to be honest with you. I, I got a chance to sit behind the scenes at the college level, and, and we were playing teams from right through in the triple option, the Boise State multiple as they come and get to learn how people game plan and, and just get an education on football. So that was the main foundation for me. And then after I've got a chance to be a defensive coordinator for five of my 10 years, 11 years in high school football, there's nothing you really haven't seen. Uh, so it's, it's fun. You get better and better every year. Uh, it never feels good to, uh, to give up 50. Uh, but that's part of the profession. Um, I think, you know, you just, you just look forward to the challenge. I'm just looking forward to the challenge. Uh, I know how great and how prestigious this district is, and, and I just hope to come in and help these kids as well as our rest of our coaching staff and try to help these kids sustain the excellence that they've already been doing. So I know you're kind of just, just getting here and just getting familiar with everybody, but uh, right. how familiar have you gotten with, with your personnel and with, you know, some of the returners that you have coming back as far as what you're going to be working with defensively that's going to help, you know, shape what kind of scheme you want to come in with? Right. Um, still at that very early stage, uh, I've seen the kids work out and, you know, you get to see bodies, uh, but I haven't seen the kids play football. I've watched the film and I know there's some, some returners on the defensive side of the ball as well as the offensive side of the ball, but haven't personally seen these kids play football with my own eyes, so that's all up in the air. Um, at the end of the day, we're going to massage the scheme to, to fit the kids. It's not going to be anything that I'm married to. We're going to do whatever's best for, for these kids to give them a chance to be successful. But if I know, like anybody else knows, Vinco Rancher is going to you know, put a product on the field that is going to compete with anyone, and so I'm looking forward to, to getting after it and putting the puzzle together. And I just got one last thing, um, just kind of a general I guess a message to uh, to any kids that might be listening around the district. We have a lot of kids around here that get they get looks and they get a lot of you know, offers and and multi you know multiple right. sports. 
So with someone as unique of a background right. as yourself, uh, do you have All anything right. you want to say to these kids as far as, you know, how to, how to handle the recruiting process and, and what to expect? Right. And then if for some of the multi-sport guys that, ha- that may have right. to face that decision that you did, um, either choosing one sport or the other, or, or even choosing professional right. over or over collegiate athletics, what would you say to some of these right. kids? My thing is, I would always encourage them that if God gives you the ability to play football, basketball, baseball, track, golf, whatever it is, whatever the ability He's given you, I would tell you to do it. Uh, if I had closed doors in my life and not played basketball or baseball or football, and just focused solely on one sport, um, I would only have one door to open. For me, the fact that I was uh, multiple sports um, it benefited me to the highest level and everybody that's at that level with college or minor league baseball professional baseball uh, these are athletes these are multi-talented people and uh, they, they use every gift they have and that is the biggest springboard I think the biggest misconception in modern time sports especially with high school kids is, is they want to focus solely on one sport and all you have is one door when you do that so I would always encourage them to explore everything anything that's not good enough to do they need to plan and then enjoy the process just work hard enjoy it be humble and uh the doors will open uh that's how i can say it happened for me for sure yeah, I can. I definitely agree with you. I think that there's a lot of a lot of skills and things that you can pick up from certain sports that that do translate, you know, from from sport to sport. And I think you miss out on a lot of a lot of that uh, if you isolate yourself to one thing. So, um, no doubt. And so, I actually got one more one more question for you. All right. So, to anybody who is either completing, you know, finishing up high school athletics or or finishing up you know, playing college ball or whatever it may be, and is thinking about pursuing a coaching career. Um, right. So you, I know you, you were a little older once you would gotten done. Uh, but right. For people who are thinking about coaching, they can't really decide, you know, if I want to go after college ball or, or high school ball, or they maybe can't really figure right. out where to start and, like, what kind of connections to, right. to try and utilize. What would you say to somebody that's trying to pursue, you know, your career? Uh, to me, it, it, it's that if you love it enough, it, the doors are going to open. Uh, you got you to get around the right people. You have to be a constant sponge because uh, in this profession, I don't care what sports you're coaching, you're never going to know it all. It's a constant learning business. you got to have a growth mindset. Uh, you just got to put your head down and go to work. Uh, as far as making the decision of, of which level, um, it, I think you got to pursue whatever's in your heart. It, it's college, obviously, and high school, even varsity high school, it's tough to get to those levels, but you got to pick a path, and then you've got to exhaust every resource for sure. And then just work hard. Climb the ladder. Everybody's uh, ascent, if you will, is, is different. Uh, but it's definitely who you know in this business and um, and what you're willing to put into it that'll, that'll uh, dictate your progress for sure. Well, I uh, I definitely appreciate you coming on. And you know, my brother and I, have we've uh, thought about and are still thinking about pursuing coaching ourselves, so we appreciate you know, the words of wisdom, I'm sure there are plenty of kids in the area that do. Yeah, it's great to, it's great to be able to help these kids develop and turn into the, the athletes and the young men that, that you see them, like you see in them, you know. Um, Absolutely. But uh, from everything that, that you've said here today and everything that I've read about you, um, you're a great man and we appreciate you coming on and I think that you're a, you're a great example for, for young, you know, young kids as far as pursuing what your heart tells you to pursue and taking everything mm-hmm. taking everything on the chin and just taking opportunities as they come. And that seems to be what Absolutely. your career was all about. So. Absolutely. I appreciate it.
appreciate you guys having me, man. It was, it was an honor to, to be on, and I look forward to talking to you guys in the future. Yeah, thanks for coming you on. Do your thing, and I'm gonna spread the message about you. Uh, it's awesome that the guys are giving people and coaches a platform to express themselves, and uh, that doesn't go unnoticed by me. So you guys give up the good work. Thank you, Coach. We really appreciate it. And that's Coach Shannon Carter, new defensive coordinator at Cinco Ranch High School. So that's going to be it for today's episode, uh, episode five of Cover 4 KD podcast. Be sure to check out our website, www.cover4kd.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Cover 4 KD. And we welcome all feedback. As always, let us know. Give us any questions that you have, any topics that you'd like us to discuss, or any players or teams that deserve a shout-out. Feel free to let us know. We're willing to talk about any, anything pertaining to KDSD Athletics. I'm Brandon Mebright. I'm Zach Barker. Tanner Ebright. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, follow us on social media, listen to the podcast weekly, and that's going to be it for today's episode.